A dream can be anything. Whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually, every week the Dream Check Podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Dream Check Podcast for our second episode. I'm beyond excited to introduce today's guest because she really does it all, you guys. She's a mom of two, a wife, a globally published wedding photographer, a coach, an educator, and she's filled with faith and so much more. Welcome Jaylee Flood to the show. Yay, I'm going to cry after that intro. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy for you. And I'm excited to just speak life into people today. I love that. It's so funny because when I like had the idea to start this podcast and the whole idea came, the dream check, like the name and everything, I was like making a dream list of like who I want on the podcast. And you were one of the first people that came to my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, like you literally do everything. Like, you know, you and I are very similar in like our ambitions and our dreams being photographers, but you also are like a mom of two and at a young age. And I was like, I cannot imagine doing what I do and having two kids, you know, and you don't just do it. You like thrive and flourish. And so, you know, you came to my mind. I was like, whoever is listening to this, like someone is bound to be encouraged and to get something out of it. So I'm so excited to have you and, um, yeah, let's dive in. Um, I'm curious, and I know this will set the stage for what we're going to dive into, but what was the life or essentially the path that you envisioned for yourself and, you know, for your life? And I asked that because I know you're a dreamer just like me, and I know those dreams start at a young age. Um, and so give us a little background of, you know, who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have always been the way I am now. So I've always had those really big dreams and I can pull memories back from when I was like seven or eight years old, I would ask for Christmas for a cash register. So I could like sit in the corner of my house and pretend to have clients and customers and things like that. Um, and I just always had these big dreams. You know, I would have lemonade stands when I was 12, when I was 16, 17, I started an Etsy shop. So I would like, this is before any store had, you know, those Levi high-waisted shorts. This is like right when it was becoming a thing. So I would go hit all the Goodwills in my area. You know, there's like 10 locations in my area. I would steal all the old Levi's, cut them up. (laughs) And I had a whole Etsy store running while I was in high school. Um, but I knew that wasn't, you know, what I was meant to do. I just always knew I was meant for more in a way mm-hmm. and meant to make some sort of impact. I just didn't know what that exact path was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I, you know, graduated high school and I went to Florida State University, go Knowles, <laughs> and I was a cheerleader at there. I made the cheerleading team, which is one of the biggest accomplishments, you know, I had ever made leading up to that point. I trained for months and years to make this cheerleading team. And it was great. I got to college. I went there for summer semester, fall semester, and fall semester, I found out that I was pregnant. So I was 18 and pregnant. And I just, that is something that was never even a thought in my mind of Mm -hmm. some of my path, you know? So I got pregnant. Life was kind of shooken up a ton, just in the sense of being so young and having your identity just kind of attached to your achievements and Mm -hmm. going to this big university. Um, But I feel, again, it was just the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, it was God's plan for Mm -hmm. me. And I ended up coming back to like a small college in my hometown. One of the most humbling experiences to, you know, big (laughs) shot off to call like big university coming Mm -hmm. back to her hometown pregnant. And, you know, I remember at that time in my life, in my hometown, it was like just a very shameful experience. Like, you know, you hear things that are being said about you and your friends are all at parties, you know, sit, not your friends, I guess, but people yeah. that, you know, people that you grew up with, they're at parties, Jaylee's pregnant. Oh my gosh. Like, da, 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 da. Um, 
And I was told by someone close to me, you know, if you have this baby, like all you're ever going to amount to is like white trash, essentially. So I was just having a lot of the wrong people and the wrong things in my ear. But being that dreamer that I am, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to be another statistic. I am not going to let all these other people around me write the story for my life. Mm -hmm. I am in control, you know, God's in control, I'm going to surrender everything. And I'm just going to push forward. And so when I graduated at 21 with a bachelor's degree, I was the first one in my high school class to graduate with a bachelor's degree. Huge accomplishment. With and- a baby and everything. They said it <laughs> could be done. <laughs> no, I would literally be writing essays. I'm not even kidding with Luca in his rocker with my foot on the rocker, writing the essay, rocking him oh to make gosh, sure I can picture it. <laughs> he was okay. Playing Cocomelon, all the things. Um, but so I, you know, I graduated college with the bachelor's. So I was like, all right, take that, you know, I'm, I'm going somewhere. And simultaneously during that period, I was working at a hotel as a concierge, just part-time. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things. I went to work every day, you know, when I had my shifts and I just had this like horrible feeling. I just didn't want to go. Like I just, I knew I had a good work ethic, but I was not passionate at all about what I was doing. So eventually after I graduated, um, kind of during that time period, I also had photos done of Luca and I by a photographer and I hired her to take some family photos, you know, and I just remember leaving that session and being like the entrepreneur in me just started tingling. (laughs) I was like, wait, did I just pay her like $250 for like 45 minutes of her time? And then I get some photos from that and I'm going to cherish those, you know, forever. And I had always liked photography growing up. I had always, you know, done it here and there just for fun. Um, And it was just a light bulb. I was like, I need to do this. Like, this is my way out of, you know, that kind of hamster wheel of working and doing the typical route of a corporate job or something like that. This is my way out. So I think my mom had got me a camera for Christmas, picked that camera up out of the closet because I had just not used it in a while, started taking photos of Luca and eventually started, you know, having that hunger inside me to start doing, you know, shooting clients. And I started with families, newborns as kind of the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I got the opportunity to second shoot a wedding. And immediately I was like, this is what I meant to do. I meant to photograph love. And so just right away, niche down into shooting weddings. And I was able to quit my job. I think I was about 21 I would say right around that time that that whole time was kind of a blur but right around that same age when I graduated I was able to quit my job you know I I think I put in my two like didn't even do my two weeks I think I was like (laughs) I quit effective immediately you're like I'm done thank you yeah I was like I don't need a reference like I don't need a reference on my resume like you know I let they I you know if I go back to that job it's all in good graces but I think I just immediately because I was so done And I just saw that, you know, if I put the same 40 hours or 30 hours that I was putting into at the Marriott or at my corporate-ish job, if I put that into my own business, there's no way it's not going to succeed. And so I just went all in. Um, My first year, I think I made like $17,000. I was living on food stamps. Um, I was. I mean, that's good for your first year in business as technically freelance. You know, it's not like someone's paying you a salary. Like you're making that cash. Totally. And that, that was something that I was like, if I'm making even this amount that doesn't feel sustainable at the time, yeah, um, I know that I can grow this. Like I just knew. Um, so right after I, you know, decided to quit, I grew that from 17 to like 40 or 50,000 to over six figures to mm-hmm. then grossing like multiple six figures in one year. And I just have continued to kind of go out there and pursue those dreams. I love that so much. And I'm over here smiling because our stories are so similar. I mean, I graduated college and with a bachelor's degree in communication, and I essentially like moved back home with my parents for like literally a week, I think. And they were like, when are you going to start applying for jobs? And I was like, I'm not like, I do not want a nine to five. It's, it's never been in me. I didn't even want to go to college. I only went and I talked about this in the episode with Nico. Like I went because I felt like that was the thing you're supposed to do. And, and then my cousin at the time had offered me a job nannying and it was only supposed to be temporary, ended up doing that for four years while I started my business. But it was very similar. Like I was nannying and I was taking pictures of the kids. They would leave their camera out and they were like, oh, we know you love photography. Like I always did love it. Like as a hobby, 
she was like, we're just going to leave it out. You can take pictures of the kids if you want. And like, they're looking at the pictures and they're like, these are really good. <laughs> Have you ever thought about, you know, doing photography? And I told my cousin, I was like, you can't make a living doing photography. Like I need to pay my college debt. Like I need to pay my bills. Like I want to get my own place. Uh-huh. And I was living with them at the time. I was a live-in nanny. And she was like, what are you talking about? Like you could totally make a living doing this. And literally like 24 hours later, she's helping me get my LLC, my business name. And I just went all in and I was obsessed. And, you know, it's so funny when you're passionate about something, what you'll do to achieve it. Like, I truly feel like you will not go the extra mile for something unless you're passionate about it. And I think that's why you and I have hit success in photography because we genuinely love it so much. And honestly, for me, it's not about the money. I mean, it's great money, right. pays my bills, but also I love it with my entire heart. I love my couples. I love the people I meet. And it just really is a, a great job all like all across the board. And it really is a blessing to get to do what you love and meet amazing people along the way and be your own boss. You can be, you know, essentially a stay-at-home mom. Um, Yeah, 100%. Which is amazing. Yeah, I I relate just as you go over your story. I got my degree in communications too. So funny, (laughs) we're the same human. (laughs) We're the same human, except I have two babies. Um, But no, I agree. I think it's, you know, photography, like you said, it's amazing. We get to interact with so many different people and our clients and photograph such important, incredible things in their life. And I feel like it's really a vessel Mm-hmm. to the life that we both wanted, which was a, probably for you. And for me too, it's that time freedom. It's that not having to answer to a boss and someone say, Hey, can you do a shift tomorrow? Or, Hey, can you come yep. in at, can you stay an extra la- an extra hour at your shift? It's not having to answer to anyone. It's, you know, having that freedom and being able to multiply, you know, your passions into the lives of other people around you. I mean, the freedom is amazing. I mean, yes, it is a very time consuming job, but essentially, and I'm not a mom, but I will be. And I know that will be an amazing benefit of the job. It's like, oh, do I want to take on 20 weddings this year? Do I want to take on 10? Like I have the luxury of choosing what I want, which is just, it's so amazing. And to be able to say like, you built this for yourself, it's so rewarding. And to be able to pass it along to your children, like you can do anything, you can be anything. I think that's so amazing. I agree. There's one other thing I wanted to kind of piggyback off of is when you, you said when you graduated college that, you know, you had your, I don't know if it was your parents or your family members kind of encouraging you get that nine to Mm -hmm. five, go pursue that big corporate. You know, there's always one corporate that is all (laughs) shiny. And it was the same for me. Like I was doing photography, but as soon as I graduated, everyone around me was encouraging me to get the corporate job. Mm-hmm. And you know, that $50,000 salary right off the bat with benefits is very enticing. And you know, what I did is I told myself, I'm going to give myself one year. I'm going to give myself one year to go all in on this business. And if it flops, it flops. I can always go back to that corporate job. I can always fall back on that degree, but if it doesn't flop, what's on the other side of that? You know, Mm -hmm. all my other goals, all my other dreams are waiting for me on the other side of that. And I gave myself a year and obviously, you know, I'm here now. So I would say, you know, to anyone listening to this, sometimes the best thing you can do is not seek out the advice always of people Mm -hmm. around you that are not in positions that you want to be in, whether that's career or life positions, um, you know, just protect your heart and protect who you kind of seek that counsel from in certain aspects. Yeah. And protect your dreams. Like I truly feel like God places dreams on our hearts for a reason. And I would rather go after what's on my heart than like later in life regret. Like what if I tried that and loved it? And so I, I do think that's so important for people listening, like go after your dreams. Don't let someone else squash something that you feel passionate about because you'll regret that later in life. A hundred percent. Okay. So I'm curious for this question. Um, but what is a dream that you currently have right now? Like your biggest dream in the moment, something people probably don't know. So <laughs> there's certain things as, just like <laughs> you right now, we're recording this podcast before you've launched, right? Mm-hmm. So, no one knows. so I know this is a huge dream for you being realized, but there's a few things that I haven't announced yet. So I, I already can't know, like, I know you I know have you hundred dreams. I don't know what it is, but I yes. know you have a ton of things in your head. You're like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Yes. 
Yes. So there's a few things that I'm like, I can't hundred percent say, but what I will say is the main dream on my heart that goes into any of the micro dreams is just this idea of multiplication. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this book by John Bevere, I think is his name. And he's a Christian based author. And he talks about, you know, what is one of the first thing God commands, right? Multiply, be fruitful, mm-hmm. multiply. So this idea of multiplication in my life is something that I've been thinking a lot on since I read this book. And it just is with my career, especially, I just want to multiply, you know, I want to multiply my impact in the world. I want to multiply my voice and my education on photographers. I know that there are so many young photographers or maybe not even young, maybe it's someone who's 35 or 40 or, you know, older than I am at this time in my life um, that wants to just, they want more for their life. So I want to multiply the impact in their life so that they can get out of the situation they're in so that they can go out and multiply their, you know, God-given dreams and God-given gifts to the world. Because I truly feel like every single one of us has a unique God-given gift. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, at this time, I really want to be open to what God has for me. I, just like you, I, one of my dreams I can reveal, I want to eventually start a podcast. Um, You know, there's a few big things I need to launch before that, but I, that's a huge dream of mine. I'm so proud of you for doing this. Because I think, you know, people are listening in their ear right now and it's making an impact on somebody's life. And so, you know, I want to create more content. I love the idea of being more of a content creator. Um, Traveling is a huge passion of mine. I want to travel more, especially after last year, you know, being completely locked down. But I think ultimately I just want to dream without limits. I know that, you know, we serve a limitless God and I don't want to put limits on any of the dreams. I think it's so easy for us to, have these goals and not know how to attain, achieve them. Totally. And they're kind of foreign to get to those goals. And so, and we have these goals that we put limits on, you know, we, mm-hmm. no one's done this before, or how am I going to get from point eight to point B? But I think when we have that faith and we dream without limits, there are some really impactful and incredible things that can happen in our life. I love that so much. And I love like dream without limits and I think some of the, like for me, at least the scariest part about going after a dream is the unknown. And Mm -hmm. also the, you know, we talked about this before we started recording the podcast, but I'm such a perfectionist and I know a lot of big dreamers out there are. And so the fear of, oh, I'm starting this podcast. I've never done a podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. Like even me warning you, like this may not even record who knows, did I, (laughs) and did I not like, I have no idea what I'm doing to the point where I was even telling you, like when I was recording the podcast with Nico, I had so many moments of insecurity where I was like, why am I doing this? I'm not a good speaker. Just let's just stop the recording where Nico had to remind me like, no, you can do this. You need to be in the moment, get out out of your head. This is something new. And just like anything new, it's going to be growth is uncomfortable. No, but that's where the most change comes from. And the most success comes from stepping outside of your comfort zone. Like if it was easy, everyone would do it. And that's the thing about dreaming big and taking risks. Like a lot of people aren't living their dreams because of the fear of the unknown and the fear of it being too risky. Like, oh, I have this stable income. Why would I risk that for this? Well, is it really worth your happiness? Are are you miserable at that nine to five? Is there something that God has placed on your heart, whether it be starting an Etsy shop, start whatever it may be, like go after that. Because at the end of the day, like you, your happiness matters more then, you know, some nine to five or, or, you know, whatever it may be. And I understand everyone's circumstance is different. Like they have kids they need to support. Like, I totally understand that, but a dream can literally be anything, you know? And so I think it's just taking that risk and putting your, your foot forward and just taking that first step. That's the hardest step. Like, honestly, the podcast I recorded with Nico, that was the hardest step. I was like, I've never done this. Like I'm so uncomfortable you're my yeah. husband. I literally basically already know the answers to everything you're saying. So it just feels <laughs> weird also, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. So yeah, it's, you know, going after your dreams is scary, but it's so worth it. Like so worth it. Everything that we ever want in life is on the other side of fear. Mm. And I was in church last week and the sermon was on 
the spirit of fear. And that is not a God sent spirit. That is the enemy trying to hold you down, get in your head. You know, the enemy is in disguise, right? You know, he gets in your head and he, he has you think these negative things about yourself or, you know, I can relate to that perfectionist mindset. Everything has to be perfect before I launch this, before I pursue that. And looking back on my career, and I'm sure that you can agree, it's, we just did it messy. You know, we started messy. We adjusted as we went. And if you look at just, you know, some of the high achievements that we've made that others have made in the world, they started before they were ready and they adjusted as they went. So Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, taking that first step is everything. It builds confidence. It builds character. And you're going to continue to take steps after. One of my favorite quotes is, an object in motion stays in motion. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. Just if you're always doing something towards, you know, your goal, your dream, that thing that feels scary and you're always in motion, it's going to build this cycle of positive momentum. Like you said, 99% of people, they don't, they don't pursue their dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, if they did, we'd be driving on the streets. I'd be seeing Lamborghinis and and the average person doesn't pursue their dreams. And if there's someone out there listening, and I feel like there is where you're like, well, I don't even know what to start. I don't even, I don't know what my skill is. I don't know what my dream is. I don't, I don't know if I even have a goal. I just know that I'm meant for more. One of the biggest pieces of advice I can give you to get out of the situation initially, because I think, you know, eventually you'll be led to where you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Build a skill, develop a skill, one skill. It can be anything. It can be embroidering sweatshirts. It can be, you know, anything <laughs> artsy. It can be installing a fence, like anything you can do, build, build a skill and just become the best at that skill. And then I think eventually as you find success, you are going to be, end up where you're meant to be. Even if that skill isn't what you're meant to be, you're going to end up meeting the right person. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up, you know, being on this path of, like I said, that positive momentum and that momentum towards that big dream and that big goal to just do something more with your life. Totally. And, and also that's amazing. And also I think a lot of people get discouraged. I have a friend, actually, he just started doing photography, not even six months ago. And he's already stressed that, you know, it's not paying his bills full time. And I'm like, you've been doing it for six months. Like, yeah, it's okay (laughs) to have a side hustle and still do your dream, like find something that accommodates your dream. Like I was a live-in nanny for four years. Like I was, I worked 50 hours a week at being a nanny. And then I did my photography on the nights and weekends. And I did whatever it took because I knew my end goal was to do photography full-time. So find a job where you can do both. You can practice that skill set have an, a stable income while you're working on building, you know, the forever dream, the forever job. And right. so you can do both. I will say it is, you know, you can excel faster when you can put 100% into something versus, you know, 50% here and 50% there, but there's ways around it. Like you can do both if that's what you have to do to make ends meet. Um, while you're in the process of figuring out what that dream is and how you're going to go after it. Um, yes, yeah, I mean, it's, so it's a you're wild ride. Me, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think um, you, you know, going back, it's like when you have these goals you're pursuing, even when you're working that part-time job, even when you were a nanny, even when I was working, you know, with corporate in a sense, we had those sleepless nights. We had those tears. Mm -hmm. We had those moments of burnout. Like, how am I even going to make this happen? And I think that's important to note that that is just so normal to feel those things. And Mm -hmm. it's normal. It's part of the process. And I don't know if it's weird to say, but I kind of miss that. Like I miss that. It's it's just that feeling of being so hungry and driven. And it's like, you're eating crap in a way because you're just, you're working Mm -hmm. so hard, but the fruits of your labor haven't, you know, come, but you know, if you plant that seed and you continue to water that plant, that plant's going to grow and that it's going to, it's going to blossom into something that you could have never imagined. As long as you stay consistent, as long as you continue to, to work towards it. 1000%. I mean, I have to remind myself on days where I'm so overwhelmed with like inquiries and emails and like clients texting me and like not having enough hours in a day to schedule five shoots a day, like the the list goes on. And I have to humble myself and remind myself when I started this business, I will never forget sitting in my bedroom at my cousin's house where I nannied 
I made the email address for my business and I'm just staring at the inbox and I'm like, one day this is going to be so full and I cannot wait. And I remember whenever an email came in for like two years, I would jump at excitement. Like, oh my gosh, someone wants to work with me. And now like I get an email, I'm like, Ugh, I hate <laughs> emails that like, I have to remind Man myself like, 25 unread. Yeah, I know. And, and I'm like, I have to remind myself of those days where I'm like, I prayed for this. I dreamt of this. And it literally took nine years to, to get to a point where I, I need help with my emails. Yeah. Um, and so success does not happen overnight. It happens with, you know, persistent, hard work, discipline, um, sacrifice. There's a lot of things that go into, you know, making your dreams a reality. You can't just say, I want to do this and then expect the work to come to you. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, I don't care how successful you are or you become, never wait for work to come to you, go out and get it. Yes. And I, I live by that. that. I love that because you can't put your success into the hands of others Mm -mm. because no one's coming, no one's coming to save you. No one in your circle, no one in your friend group, they're all worried about their own lives. You have to take things and put them into your own hands and go out there and pursue them. I love that quote so much. Well, you know, and it's like, especially in photography, it's such a competitive field these days. Like everyone is a photographer, which that's great. I love, but also like, if you are, you know, some people get discouraged, like, how do you get to work with, you know, these influencers? And I'm like, I, I reached out to them and now I've just like built my clientele. Like there's so many of us that meaning photographers that they just, it's nothing against you. They probably just don't know you exist. So make yourself available, reach out to them, send them an email, send them a DM. So they know that you're available and you want to work with them. And then once you get into that community, it's like, now everyone knows who you are because you work with one person. It's like word of mouth, it just spirals. And so that quote, literally when I moved to LA is what got me where I am in, in the, in my field, because I didn't wait for work to come to me. I went out, I busted my butt, worked for free for pretty much my first year in LA Mm -hmm. Um, just to, you know, build my clientele list and it was worth it. And I still, to this day, do shoots for free. I mean, I, I truly believe, you know, been doing this nine years. I know you, you know, can relate to this, but I think every free shoot I do, I book a job from, and I do think, you know, there's something to say of, I value my work, but I also know that, you know, word of mouth is huge in this industry. And if I do one discounted shoot or free shoot, with someone who I know is going to get me a lot of work, then it's worth it. But I also think it's a fine line of knowing your worth and working for free. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I (laughs) could not, I mean, you are preaching to the choir because I see in Facebook groups, a lot of photographers, and I'm sure you're in some photography Facebook groups, but they're Mm -hmm. just, they complain kind of about doing free work and I am the same way. Like I still, you know, obviously I value my time like you, but I still see the opportunity and, you know, Mm -hmm. almost intentional networking, intentional, you know, opportunities to where you don't know who that client knows. You don't know who that person is going to refer you to. Um, And so that sense of omnipresence when you're building a business, that sense of, okay, I need to not just, you know, like you said, there's competition. So how do I become so omnipresent and so known that when somebody thinks of photography, they think of my name, Mm -hmm. they think of my business, they're going to call me first. And the way you do that is exactly what you've been doing. It's exactly what I've done. I think it's one of the reasons that I was able to build what I've built um, so fast was networking, was Mm -hmm. getting my name out there. Um, I remember Whitney Carson from Dancing with the Stars. Shout out to Whitney. Love you, girl. <laughs> she came to Kauai and she she and her husband came. I don't remember why. Maybe just a vacation. And I lived on Oahu. And I saw she was in Kauai. I was like, why not? I shot her a DM. I shot her an email. I let her know as a photographer. She's like, let's do it. So I, I paid for my flight over to Kauai. I paid for my rental car. I paid for my hotel. So I was like in the hole for like, you know, whatever, 100 bucks. And I was like, it's fine. It's Whitney Carson. So did that shoot and it was incredible. Whitney and I are now obviously friends. Like I follow her on social media. She follows me. We kind of keep up with each other's life. I've gotten so much 
just word of mouth through her posting about my work. You know, I've gotten weddings, I've gotten bookings. And that it's not only with Whitney, it's with multiple people that I'm, you know, friends with and that I've, I am only friends with them. And I only am in their circle because I first reached out to them. So totally. I know that you can relate to that too. It's like, people are always like, how do you get these gigs? You know, it's yeah, like, and, happen. and it just goes back to the whole, you go the extra mile for what you're passionate about. If you weren't passionate about what you do, you would not have been in the hole to get that job. You would not right. have been paying for your flight paying for your hotel, paying for your food for however long you were there (laughs) for this job. If you weren't passionate about it, no, you genuinely love it. And you're honored and blessed that you get to do it. Like everything is an opportunity and not like an obligation of like, Oh, I have to go do this. No, I get to go do this because I love my job and this is worth it to me. And again, we're not doing it for the money. Yes. That is an amazing bonus. It is our career, but also we love it. And so it makes opportunities like that easier to do. Yeah. It's just, it's exhilarating. It's exciting. Um, and that cheesy quote, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. I couldn't relate more. I mean, I never feel like I'm working besides when I'm doing taxes. Other than that, oh my gosh. I don't ever feel like I'm working. I, you know, I feel blessed to wake up every day and look at Connor and say, what do you want to do today? You know, where, yeah. where do I want to answer my emails? What coffee shop do I want to go to? You know, where, where can we travel? Cause I don't have anything booked for a few weeks and I can just work remote. Um, I love what I do. And I think the, be- the bi- biggest thing I love is the, the clients, the couples, mm-hmm. the people that I get to interact with. Um, and I think if you do love what you do, you won't ever feel like you're working as cheesy as it sounds. You, you will work more than the average 40 hours. Yeah. You'll probably be working in reality, 60 to 80 hours a week in your business and on your business, but it's a whole different feeling. It's just an aligned you know, divine feeling to be doing what you love every day. Yeah. It's cheesy, but it's so true. And also the taxes, I feel the same (laughs) way. And that is probably so far amongst many others, but the blessing of marriage, my husband loves that stuff. I'm like, this is all you, if I never have to do my taxes again, I am ecstatic. Yes. You balance each other out, which is 1000%. Okay. So I'm curious because, um, this is something I've experienced in photography, but I feel like I have, you know, with social media and there's so much room for comparison on social media. I feel like I was so much more confident when, you know, when we started social Instagram was like, not really a thing. And I feel like now that it's so huge and everyone's a photographer, I had to like recently unfollow a lot of photography accounts. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to be comparing my work to someone else's. And it's so easy to do. And even DMS, I get, they're like, I love your work. How do you get this? How do you do that? How do you do that? And I'm like, just practice. Like don't. And I always say like, don't compare your work to mine. Like I've been doing this nine years. If you're just starting out, like my style has changed so much over the course of nine years. And it's at a place right now where I love it. It's the most confident I've ever been in it. But with that said, I do need to be careful sometimes because it, it, it is easy to be like, you know, you're staring at your work every single day. I see it so much. I'm so used to it. So sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, why, why do I feel like this doesn't look good? And I'll show a friend and they're like, that picture is amazing. It's unreal though. I'm like, I'm like, is it though? Because I took this picture. I've been staring at it for three weeks and now I yeah. feel like something's wrong with it, you know? Yeah. And I have to be careful on Instagram to not compare myself. And like I said, back when we started our business, Instagram wasn't a thing. So it's like, that's my work and I love it and I have nothing to compare it to. So what are your thoughts on Instagram and, you know, just with what we do? Yes. So Instagram, I think like many others, I, I have a love hate, right? I love Instagram because I mean, it gives me chills to think about, but I don't know if I would be where I am right now, if it wasn't for Instagram if it wasn't for the digital age for social media, we have such an opportunity at our fingertips. I mean, literally my best friend called me a month ago. She's like, Jaylee, I'm a new mom. I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to be an entrepreneur. What do I do? I go, listen, I saw this idea on TikTok, build a skill (laughs) and dive into it and go head first. And she is, and she's going to leverage, you know, social media. And Mm -hmm. just the fact that in one day you can start a business sign up online with your LLC, you know, get your paperwork ready, make an Instagram account, make an Instagram handle, 
start writing down every single hashtag that you need and you can get a paying client two hours later, right? And obviously there's a lot more that goes into that. But just the fact that we have this tool at our fingertips, I like to use Instagram as a tool. I see it as a toolbox in amongst others, right? Among, amongst networking, amongst getting my name out there, amongst actually being in the field. I see Instagram just as another tool. And I think the hate part of Instagram comes from the, the time I can spend on it sometimes. And what an unproductive time suck it can be if I allow it to. And if I get sucked into that, you know, scrolling trap. Um, now that TikTok's here, dear Lord, dear Lord, because TikTok, (laughs) let me tell you, I hit that guy all the time. He's like, you've been scrolling for a while. I'm like, oh man. So I think, you know, not getting trapped in that is something that we have to all actively work towards. Um, but especially the comparison and that imposter syndrome, right? Like, oh my goodness, that person achieved this and this amount of time. And they worked with this person and like that was supposed to be my path, right? That was supposed to be me. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's really important to note that, you know, we all have our own lanes that God has paved for each of us. And, you know, I might be on the first sentence in my second chapter of the book of my life. And you might be in chapter 10, right? Of the things that you've already done and the work you've put in the people you've already met. And each of our lanes is so different. But I think, it's really just one of those things where you have to have um, that strong belief in the Lord and just knowing that you are so unique and your path is yours and only yours. And you have gifts that only God has given you and everyone's gifts are so different. I think when you really focus on that and focus on the gratitude of the moment that you're in, it makes it a little bit easier to not compare. Right. And especially us, I mean, Unicole, we're we're very similar. You're out in LA. I'm in Florida. We're in two of the best states, but I think it would be easy, right? In a negative mindset for me to look at you and, and compare myself to you and vice versa, right? You could look at yourself and compare yourself to me. But one thing I think that I've tried to realize is we're always abundant in something that others are scarce in. And I think it's just goes to the different chapters. So for me right now, I might be abundant in like the motherly figure side of me. And that might be something that you could look easily if you're in the comparison mindset and be like, she has kids and I really want that. Right. But you might be abundant in not having kids and, and having freedom, more totally. freedom to just get up and go and go do this and that and go to the beach whenever. Right. And I could be, if I was in the comparison mindset, Oh, Nicole has all this freedom and Like, you know, her and her husband are just on the whim traveling and (laughs) we're always abundant in something. There's always some sort of abundance that we have in our life. If we can focus on the abundance that we do have in front of us, um, I think it makes it a lot easier to not compare our lives to others. I love that. And that's such a good positive mindset. And I love kind of what you said earlier that, you know, God has placed a special gift in each of us. And so the gift in you is different than the gift in me, even though we do the same job, God is calling us to to different people and to do it differently. And, and I, I love the example of a race, because if you actually picture like two people running in a race, if, if you and I are running next to each other and I'm looking at you the entire time, like that is going to slow me down. Like. And, and like we said, it's so hard these days. Like you really have to not be in that mindset. You have to like pray against that. You have to like, be careful of how long you're spending on Instagram and are you being productive in that time? Or are you like, you know, scrolling and just comparing yourself because comparing is just, it is just that it's looking at the person next to you instead of running straight forward in your own, in your own lane. And, um, I love that picture. And that is something, um, from a sermon, I think from Mike Todd at transformation church, that I listened to a couple of years ago where he was like, everyone is in their own lane in the same race, stay in your lane and don't look to your left or look to your right, because it's just going to slow you down. And God's going to get you to where you need to be, whether you're in chapter one and or 10 or, you know, whatever it is, like you're in your own lane and God has his plan for you. And it may look different than yours or the next person's, but that's the plan he has for you. And so it's the best plan. So just stay where you are, be content where you are be in that mindset of, of thankfulness, because I feel like that will just help you keep trekking along in a positive, positive mindset. 
Yeah, God's timing is wild. And even if you feel behind for whatever reason, you know, God has the power and he is the only one who has his power to step into your life and multiply it faster, bigger. You know, we talk about being limitless, multiply all those dreams more than you could ever imagine, you know? So your time will come as long as you keep the faith. Um, I think we all have obstacles as we're building business, as we're pursuing dreams, as we're fighting goals, we're all going to have tests in life. You know, we all are going to have those limiting beliefs, right? As a young mom, how am I going to travel? You know, I want to be a destination photographer. Like, how am I going to be able to do that with kids? And, you know, how will I get all the equipment I need? And how I don't have the resources. I don't know the people. I don't I don't have the right laptop to edit. There's always going to be things that we can look at someone else and we can say they have all that. So it must be easy. Right. But for us, we might not have the resources, but we have to go out there. We have to create them. Mm -hmm. We have to fight through those obstacles. We have to silence those negative beliefs um, because you will find yourself in a position that you're going to end up fighting through every single thing that you never thought possible for you. You're going to fight through all those limiting beliefs, you're going to go out there and you're going to be able to achieve every single thing you set, you know, your mind to. And so I think that all those tests, the, your test becomes your testimony, like all so the tests. Good. You're dropping <laughs> bombs on this podcast. I'm like, I need to listen and write these down ASAP. <laughs> yes. All those tests in my life are my testimony. Now they're the story I tell now, same for you, right? All the tests that you've had, mm-hmm. the trials and tribulations, they are the reason that you're able to give your testimony and now inspire others that are in the position you were nine years ago in the position I was six years ago. And I even think of like, you know, you, you know, getting pregnant at 18, like I'm sure that was not in your plan. And God has even used that as a part Mm -hmm. of your testimony and a part of your story that led you to the, literally to this moment and who you are today. I couldn't agree more. It's the best, the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love that so much. Okay. Not encouraging people to like, you know, like become young moms. I'm just saying everyone has a trial. Totally. You know, my brother, I mean, he's talked about this publicly. He's written a book, but when my brother was 18 or 19, maybe he was, he was 18. It was like a week after he turned 18. So I think it was Cinco de Mayo. His birthday is in late April. Him and his friends were at one of their houses and they had a couple of beers or whatever, and, you know, typical high school kids being totally. just idiots, high school kids. <laughs> yeah. Being high school kids. And one of the friends was kind of, you know, wanting my brother to take him to his house. And my, it, and we all lived in the same neighborhoods. So it was like literally a block away. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those situations where my brother got on, like dry, under the, or behind the wheel and rounded a 90 degree turn to go onto the street that his friend was on and hydroplaned, it was raining, hydroplaned into a tree. And, you know, two of the people got really injured. And my brother was tried as an adult, and he got a year in jail, he was on house arrest for like three or four years, he was on probation for six years. And I look at that story, I'm like, that could have been me. Like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I had a drink here and there in high school with my friends, like, not, again, not promoting that, but we all we're kids, right? We, we grow up, we're kind of a product of our environment. And so my brother, if he would, if that would have never happened to him, he would have, I don't know if he'd be here, honestly, I think he'd be, would have made a stupid decision in college and something would have happened. He is so grateful for that test in his life because now he is, he's grown a YouTube channel of like half a million subscribers, couple hundred thousand on Instagram. He's traveling full time. He's He's very spiritual now. Um, and it's just really inspiring. And he's the perfect example of how a test in your life, maybe it's pregnancy, maybe it's, you know, getting in a car accident, being in a situation, wrong place, wrong time, but that is going to become your testimony. That is going to be the reason that you have a drive to become something more in life. Yeah. And I think it's just also a testimony of God turns all things Mm -hmm. for the good for those who love him. And I love that because it's that, you know, you could take that situation, that circumstance and have such a negative mindset, but you can also take something like that, like your brother did and use it to encourage others to be a part of your story where you can have a positive outlook, even after that situation, you know, 
hundred percent. God is so good all the time. So good all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> okay. So I feel like we kind of touched on this, but have you ever had a dream that you didn't feel qualified to go after? Um, and if so, how did you get through that? I, I think we kind of touched on this, but if you want to add anything. Yes. So one of my favorite quotes when I was, you know, when we were, when we were talking through this podcast, I kind of thought about this quote it's, and it's when we touched on this earlier, I truly believe that God doesn't qualify. No, doesn't call on the qualified. Mm-hmm. He qualifies the calls. And I always mix that up. But if you think about that, he is not going there qualify or calling on all these people that ha- have all these qualifications and degrees and things like that. He's going out there and he's qualifying people who are called, who are mm-hmm. called for more, who are meant for bigger, which in God's eyes is every single person that has that unique gift. Right. And so I believe that through, you know, of course I've had those limiting beliefs. I've had, you know, things that, that I was worried about, especially when I was, you know, a young mom and people were talking about, you know, the things I wouldn't become and the statistics I would become. And, you know, even starting photography, you know, seeing when you start a business, you kind of see more of that business. So starting photography and seeing Mm -hmm. there's only like, it's so saturated. There's so many photographers Mm -hmm. and that was a limiting belief. And, and I remember my, when I first got a camera and I started taking photos, uh, somebody was like in my circle, that is not my circle anymore, but somebody, you know, again, surround yourself with the right people. Mm -hmm. But somebody told me, you know, like basically laughing at me, like, you think you're a photographer just because you have a camera, like, like basically just making fun of me. Like everyone thinks they're a photographer and just like little things like that, that stick in your head that you can either choose to give life to, or you can choose to let that, you know, that be the motivating factor of Mm -hmm. why you want to pursue something. Because the reality is no matter if you're in a town surrounded by people that you don't want to be in, no matter if it's your parents who are doubting you or discouraging you and making you feel unqualified, um, no one can qualify you besides God. And if we listen to the doubts of others, we talked about that 1% of people actually going after their dreams. It's very likely that the people around you haven't pursued their dreams. So they're coming at you with their own limiting beliefs, their own limiting mindset, their own subconscious beliefs, their own generational beliefs, their own experiences. And they don't have that dream inside of them that you have. Um, so absolutely. I felt discouraged by others and I'm so grateful that didn't, that didn't hold me back. Um, I had a, I found a picture frame in my house when I was moving a couple of years ago and it was given, it was a picture of me and one of my mentors in life. And I had never like opened the picture frame. She like gave it to me in the picture frame many years ago. And I look on the back of the picture frame when I, I like opened the photo, I think maybe to change it or something as I was moving. And she wrote in the back of that frame, she's like, anything you have ever set your mind to, you've achieved. And just that is at that moment, I was like, I need to surround myself with people more like her. Because if you're going to your people with these big dreams and they're not speaking life into you and they're not encouraging you and they are holding you back, then it is time to think, you know, who am I surrounding myself with? Like, you know, Nicole, if you came to me with one of your big, when you came to me telling me you were starting this podcast, I was, I sent you a voice memo. I was like, (laughs) yes, Nicole, I was so (laughs) proud of you. And if you were to come to that same text, text that same, a same small, a person that was small-minded or discouraging, and they would have said, you know, how, like, how is that going to happen? What are you going to, like all these like logistical Mm -hmm. things that don't make sense in their mind. And it's just the, who are you seeking counsel from, right? Who is in your circle? Who's encouraging you? Who's not? Yeah. It's like, you got to do a circle check. Like who are you surrounding yourself with? And are they speaking life or death into your dreams Mm -hmm. and just over your life in general? Um, it's so funny when Nico and I recorded our episode, we talked about when I asked him that question, he said the same quote, like God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I fumbled the quote a (laughs) hundred times because it is such a tongue twister. Um, but it's so funny because it's so true. And honestly, I had a similar situation in my life. My high school boyfriend, I remember telling him, I think I was like 16 or 17. I was like, I don't want to go to college. I want to move to LA. Like at that time I wanted to be a singer. I was like, I'm going to pursue music. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. And 
I'll never forget the words he said to me were, you have unrealistic dreams that will never come true. Hmm. Thank, I, I mean, I pray, like, I thank God for that. He spoke that over me that day. I broke up with him that day. I was like, that's it. Like, I yeah. know you are. And I didn't even know God at the time, but I know this now. Like I, I knew that was not who God had for me. Like, yeah, I always knew deep down, I was going to end up with someone who was a dreamer like me, who spoke life into my dreams. And mm-hmm. even when I was single for like four years, my, my family was like, what are you waiting for? Like, maybe you're like, maybe your standards are set a little high. And I was like, what? Absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. I'm waiting for someone that like I can lay down with at night and we can talk about our hopes and dreams, whether they're maybe unrealistic or not, that they're speaking life over them. And like, yes, how can I help? Let's do it. Like, let's go after it seems silly, yeah. but we're going to do it anyway. Like that is the type of person and the type of people that you need around you. When you're sharing something on your heart, you want people around you that are like, let's do it. I'm so excited. I don't know how we're going to do it, but let me know how I can help. And that is so important when you're going after, you know, your passions and the desires of your heart. Like it's so important to not even have people speaking life into you, but friends that, you know, this podcast is called dream check. And essentially, you know, the idea behind it was how often are we checking in on our dreams and the things that we set out to do? Do we have people around us that are checking in on our dreams as well? Like, my husband's asking me all the time, like, Hey babe, I know you said you wanted to do this. Are you still doing it? Like, are you, you know, I've, I've said <laughs> a million, like, Dang, are you trying to call me out right now? I know. Like, I, <laughs> this is so funny. I signed up for self-defense like two months ago, mm-hmm. been paying an arm and a leg for four month contract. And I've gone twice. <laughs> okay. And I'm not proud of it, but it's uncomfortable for me. I don't enjoy working out. And so it's, but he knows it's a goal of mine to be Mm -hmm. consistent in it. And so every day he says, babe, what's the deal with Krav Maga? And I'm like, (laughs) what? I just ignore him every time. I'm like, Cause in my I head, I know three shoots today, 20 emails. I don't have time. I don't, right I now. need to sleep, you know? Yeah. But it's good. He knows I need that. Like I need him to be checking in on me on the things that I told him I want to do yes. because we need that accountability. We need someone checking in on us. We need someone, you know, speaking life into our dreams and whether it's something as small as I want to start a healthy lifestyle, like I want to be going to the gym regularly, not because I really need it, but because I want to be healthier, you know? Yeah. And so I say all that to say, yes, anyone listening, check your circle. Like, are they discouraging you or are they speaking life over you? I love that. And that's so good. So relatable with my husband and I, I got a gym membership, I think two or three months ago too. And have I gone once? Ask me if I've gone. The answer is literally no. And why are we like this? Why are we like this? I don't know. But Connor looks at me all the time and he's, he encourages me and not that, you know, he's like, you know, saying anything is wrong. Like you haven't gone. He's just like, let's go. Let's, you know, yeah. let's get moving. He knows that's on my heart to be the healthiest version of myself. Um, and I think it is important, you know, and I, I also, we all experience a toxic boyfriend at one point mm-hmm. or the other. And I had that too, at one point in high school. And, you know, I look at Connor now and he's just everything that I'm not in the, in the sense of, you know, he balances me. He encourages me. He reminds me of those dreams I have. He checks me just like, it sounds like you're <laughs> you in the best way. Um, and he, it's like having that accountability partner. It's, totally. it's you know, so important. And I think if you're with a partner who's not supportive, um, you have to pray on it. You have to pray on, you know, their heart can change, their demeanor can change, their attitude can change. But if you're in a toxic situation and someone doesn't believe in those big dreams that you have, and you have that big conviction to go out there and pursue them, I think it is, you know, there is someone out there that will believe in them. There is someone out there that will be the perfect partner you know, I travel all the time and Connor is holding down the fort with the babies here. And, you know, he, he's just the perfect partner. And I never knew that there was somebody out there that was like him until we were in a relationship. So I know that you can relate to that. And I'm sure so many other people can relate being in a relationship with someone that might not be, you know, speaking words of encouragement over them and belief. And, you know, I think that's really sad, but I think 
again, it's part of your testimony overall. It's part of the reason that you build those high standards and mm-hmm. you, you start to realize what you want by having what you don't want and by being around people you don't need to be around. You know, you start to realize what you want to surround yourself with. Totally. Um, I'm getting all fired up about healthy relationships, <laughs> toxic relationships, and that's going to be a whole no, series on this podcast. I can't even get into it because it will be too long, but Yes and amen. I agree with you um, on on all of that. You know, you should be with someone who is who is speaking life and words of encouragement over you because you know there's nothing worse than you know if you're dating someone and they're constantly dragging you down. Like you you yeah. can't expect to get far if you're with someone who is holding you back. You know, it's like you're in your race and you're running next to someone, but then there's someone behind you that's like keeps tripping you. You know, yeah. it's gonna delay your process. Um, Right. But again, th- this is a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, we can go under on, down the rabbit hole of that. Yeah, because that's one of my biggest passions in life is, you yeah. know, healthy relationships. I've been in very toxic ones. And mm-hmm. to be on the other side, you know, I feel like I can speak with authority over, you know, I've been there, done that. And it's it's ne- not good. Yeah, um, I agree. Okay. So wrapping up, I have um, two questions, rapid fire. One of them you kind of already answered, but the best piece of advice you've ever um, been given and the worst advice someone's ever given you. You Ooh. can do one or the other if, if one is, you know, shouting louder at you. Oh my goodness. This is so good. <laughs> oh, I love this. I think I've heard this on other podcasts and yes, it's always so encouraging. I would, let's go with the best piece of advice because okay. I think, I think, again, just going with the theme of this podcast, we can be surrounded. It's very apparent. We can be surrounded by bad advice all Mm -hmm. the time, you know, from the, all the wrong people. Um, but one of my, this piece of advice was given to me when I was at summer camp and I actually have it tattooed on my neck and it's in like a symbol form on my neck, but it's a quote and it's everything happens for a reason. And, I remember being told that, you know, when I was younger and not having a ton of meaning to it, but now that I'm older and as cliche, everyone says it now, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes you don't want to hear that, but I think it's such an amazing piece of advice because it's so true. Everything in my life that I look back on and that I was once, you know, ashamed about or held back by, or it was a huge obstacle I look back and I wouldn't change anything in my story. I wouldn't change one piece because it's gotten to me to where I am today. You know, it's allowed me to have this wisdom. It's allowed me to, you know, go out there and impact the lives of others. And I believe that. So whenever I am in a trial in my own life, I just remind myself, listen, everything is happening for a reason. And, you know, you'll get out on the other side of this. This is all going to be part of the bigger picture, the bigger story of your life. Um, And let's be honest, whenever we're reading a book, whenever we hear a story, that is the most powerful part is the, the things that someone went through the adversity and how they overcame that. Um, and that was, that was a quote I heard when I was younger at summer camp. I love it. I live by it. I think about it all the time. I love that so much. And it's so true. And I think, again, it does have a lot to do with your perspective. Like people can look at their lives and have a negative perspective, or they can look at it and be like, this is happening for a reason. This got me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. And I'm so encouraged by you and your positive outlook on life. And I know everyone listening is also um, hopefully leaving more encouraged and inspired to go after their dreams and um, to go after their heart's desires. And this will not be the last time you're on the podcast because (laughs) once you announce what's all those secrets are, I can't wait to hear them. (laughs) And we'll have to have you back on to share um, those dreams and, you know, how you've gone after those. It's so encouraging. I love people like you, people who are, are big dreamers, who are achievers, who don't let anything stop in their path um, to achieving those dreams. And so it was an honor having you and just thank you so, so, so much. And yeah, you will be back. (laughs) I'm excited. This is amazing. (laughs) And by the way, Everyone listening, this was my first podcast interview. So, oh my gosh, I didn't know that either. Yes. And I was nervous. Let me, I didn't speak a life into, I didn't (laughs) tell you before the interview, but again, do it messy. I'm sure it wasn't perfect, but you know, God, I prayed before and I said, give me the right words to say. 
And so again, just taking that first step, doing something that you've never done before. Um, thank you for having me. This is amazing. I'm excited to share this launch with the world when it comes out. And um, I just love you. I love you so much. So thank you guys all for having me. Love you, girl.